I've said for years, if there's one blood test you do every year just to check your health, it's not cholesterol, it's vitamin D. You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais. Everyone. My guest today is Dr. Thomas O'Brien. He is an internationally recognized and sought-after speaker and workshop leader specializing in wheat, its impact on health, and the development of autoimmune diseases as they occur inside and outside of the body. In November of 2016, Dr. O'Brien released Betrayal, the autoimmune disease solution they're not telling you about which was an investigation into the global effects of issues underlying the autoimmune system and chronic disease. Dr. O'Brien is considered a Sherlock Holmes for chronic disease and metabolic disorders, teaching that the underlying mechanism that triggered the development of chronic disease are the key to health. He holds teaching faculty positions within the Institute for Functional Medicine and the National University of Health Sciences. He has trained and certified tens of thousands of practitioners around the world in advanced understanding of the impact of wheat sensitivity and the development of individual autoimmune diseases. His groundbreaking book, The Autoimmune Fix, won the National Book Award and ranked first in several categories on Amazon in 2016. He also wrote another groundbreaking book, which was also a bestseller, which is called You Can Fix Your Brain. We've interviewed him twice on this show. We think he's fantastic, and we thought it was a great opportunity to talk about how we build our immune system. We're going to be talking about the physical immune system, the emotional, and the mental immune system. Never has it been as important as it is right now to have a really healthy immune system. So we're just real thrilled to have him on with us today. Dr. O'Brien, welcome to Food Integrity Now. Oh, thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you. Well, I am just thrilled to have you on the show today. And when I was thinking about building our immune system and how I really wanted to do a show about that, you're the first person I thought of to uh, have as a guest to really address uh, the immune system because that's really your expertise. So I don't, I think we can agree it's never been as important as it is right now to have a really, really healthy immune system. So let's start, we're gonna not only talk about the physical immune system, but we're gonna get into the emotional and mental immune system. But let's have you start off with some key things that people need to do right now to strengthen their immune system. Okay, let's see, uh, where do you start? Well, the first thing to understand is that the immune system is the armed forces in your body. It's there to protect you. There's an army, a navy, an air force, a marines, a coast guard. We call them the innate immune system, the adaptive immune system, IgA, IgG, IgE, IgM, a number of branches of the armed forces. And in this current situation we're in, it's the activity of the innate immune system that is called to arms. The um, innate immune system is the automatic responders, the first responders. You know, you, you dial 911 and the first responders are the police. Or if you pull a fire alarm, the first responders are the fire department. Uh, so when you're exposed to a virus or a bacteria, the first responders are the innate immune system. And if you take the example of inhaling something that you shouldn't, like a virus, then if your sentry standing guard in the lungs say, this is not supposed to be here, this is not okay, then the member of the innate immune system called macrophages get called into play. Macrophages are special forces. 
they've got high-powered rifles that fire a chemical bullet called a cytokine, sorry for the geek words, but the chemical bullet that destroys the invader. So macrophages are first responders of the innate immune system. Now, in the 1918 Spanish flu, they found four people who died in the 1918 Spanish flu. They died on an army base up in the Arctic tundra and they buried them in the Arctic tundra. Their bodies were perfectly preserved. And so they found them back in 2004, I think it was. And they said, oh, let's dig them up. Let's figure out why people died in the 1918 flu. And there were newspaper articles saying, no, no, don't dig them up. Don't expose the virus. But they did with precautions. And they found out how people died. That the, the and these were young, healthy people. The macrophages, the first responders that fired their chemical bullet when these people inhaled something, the trigger on the high-powered rifle got stuck in the on position. And so the high-powered rifle became a submachine gun. And the macrophages over-responded and produced lots of inflammation, lots of fluid. And these people died in their own pneumonia, in their own fluid, within 24 to 48 hours of first getting sick. They were gone because the spring on the trigger was stuck in the on position. We call that a cytokine storm. Pop, 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 and all of the inflammation. And what people are dying from in the hospitals now associated with exposure to this virus is a cytokine storm in the lungs. Well, the next year in 2005, after the article came out about the four people in the Arctic tundra, the next year an article came out in the journal Blood, a nice journal, a reputable journal. And what they showed is that vitamin D has a role to play here. That when the sun converts hormones in our skin to vitamin D, it converts it into a form of vitamin D called 25-hydroxy vitamin D, which is not really usable in the body, but that's the traveling, the circulating form. And then different cells in our body converted into 125 vitamin D, which is the active form in the cells. What they found was that when macrophages got activated to fire their chemical bullets, then that macrophage became activated to convert the 25D in circulation into 125, and it became a trigger on the immune response. It held back. It was the emergency break on the immune response. Okay. So when people had their high-powered rifle get stuck in the on position and became submachine guns, creating the cytokine storm, one of the mechanisms that was identified as to why that happens, their macrophages didn't convert vitamin D into 125. They, they didn't convert the 25 to 125. So there's no emergency break slowing down the production of the cytokines. When you're driving your, hit, your car, and if all of a sudden you, you know, you're driving down the road, let's say you're out in the country or you're out in the, on a highway, super highway, beautiful country, you go around a curve, you're in a mountainous area, and all of a sudden you're going downhill. And you're going downhill 6%, 7%, a pretty steep downhill. You're not accelerating anymore. You're coasting because the momentum of driving at 70 miles an hour, but now you're going downhill. Now you're going 72, 74, 75 without putting the pedal, the gap, your foot on the gas. You're accelerating a little bit. So you have to ride the brake every once in a while so you stay within the speed limit, right? Because you're driving downhill and the car's going faster. 125 in the macrophages 
is like driving downhill. You got to have your foot on the brake. You have to be able to have the spring of the trigger pop back so the high-powered rifle doesn't become a submachine gun. That's why there are many studies coming out in the last three months of the benefit of making sure your vitamin D level is high when your immune system is getting activated to fight a virus. So that's just one example. And you want your vitamin D between 50 and 75 NG per ml. That's the laboratory measurement. But 50 to 75 is what you want. Now, the laboratory says, oh, anything above 32 is okay. No, it's not. You want to be between 50 and 75. And I've said for years, if there's one blood test you do every year just to check your health, it's not cholesterol, it's vitamin D. Yeah, that's a, that's a mainstream test, too. That's, that's right. That's easy to do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you can't get to your doctor to do it, then do the finger prick test. You, you, you can go to thedoctor.com forward slash vitamin D test and get the finger prick test. Um, and they send you the kit, you poke your finger, you put a drop on the card, you wait till it dries, you put it in the envelope, and you send it off. Yeah. It's easy. And, yeah. you know, three, five, seven days, you've got your test results to see what your vitamin D level is now. Yeah. And many people say, oh, I'm taking vitamin D. I take 4,000 units a day. They say, well, that's nice, but is it enough? And then they yeah. look at me and they say, well, well, is it? And I say, I don't know. Do the test to find out. Yeah. You want to make sure that your vitamin D is in a safe range, uh, yeah. 50 to 75, very safe for you. Yeah. So there are, there are four or five basics to help support your immune system. The first one, vitamin D. The second one is vitamin C. Lots of studies show the benefit of vitamin C to support a healthy immune response, many studies. And now the studies are coming out looking at IVs of vitamin C in the uh, intensive care unit and how it's helping people get out of intensive care. They, they don't, they're discharged much earlier with less complications. So vitamin C is really important to make sure your body has enough. Yeah. And there are many forms of vitamin C you can take. You know, um, I don't know that one's better than the other. I do, a, I do a, a, a lipo, li, liposomal one. Liposomal is good. We, we advocate liposomal. My concern with doing liposomal long-term is what are the effects of long-term liposomal delivery systems in your mouth? And uh, liposomes help uh, the compound that they're bound to get absorbed right away, right yeah. in the area of the tissue where the liposomes are. Yeah. So you don't absorb vitamin C um, in your intestines when you take liposomal vitamin C. The vast majority of it is absorbed in your mouth. Now, our mouths are not designed to absorb large amounts of any vitamins. They're designed to have a little absorption, but not a lot. And liposomes are escorts. They, it's an escort service, if you will. Liposomes escort things into your tissue. They go right through the tissue. So when you do liposomes long-term um, in the oral cavity in your mouth, my concern that I don't have any evidence yet on this, uh, but my concern is what else is the liposome carrying in besides the vitamin C? Mm -hmm. You've got over 800 strains of bacteria in your mouth. Most of them are good guys, some of them are not. And are you escorting some of the bacteria in that shouldn't get in to your submucosa because of liposomes? And the answer is no one knows, no one knows. You, you know, I'm curious because the one I take, it's a capsule. So how- Oh, oh that's different, that's different, excuse me. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't, it's not, it's not like a spray in my mouth, it's- Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, most, most liposomals are a pump and yeah, you, the, you pump it right into your mouth. So if you're taking encapsulated, that's getting absorbed in your digestive tract and it's just being absorbed even better. Yeah. So that's different, but for the yeah. vast, vast majority of liposomal products, they're pumps that deliver it right into the mouth. Yeah, I also do a, a liposomal uh, D3. Uh, and is that capsulated? Capsulated. 
Yeah, well, okay, that's safer. I don't know side effects, as many yeah. side effects from that. Well, it's from a really reputable guy. You probably know him, Dr. Mercola. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he does his homework. He does his he homework. He does his homework, so. But there, you know, I, I appreciate what you said about um, it makes a lot of sense, the, the kind that you just spray into your mouth, that uh, there could be some uncertainty there. What else is it escorting into your body through your mouth? Yeah, to, to give you an example of that, uh, why do dentists give antibiotics before they do dental work? There's uh, only one reason. Yeah, There's yeah. Only one. Bacteria. That's because, yeah, that's because when, when they're working in your mouth, and they squirt water in and you lean over and spit it out in that porcelain tub and you got pink water or red water, that's blood because they've caused leaky gums. They've yeah. perforated your gums. You, you got leaky gums and it's gonna take two to three days before the leaky gums heal. During that time, you've heard of leaky gut, well, you got leaky gums and yeah. there's over 800 different strains of bacteria in the mouth if some of that bacteria, strep, for example, and everybody's got strep in their mouths, but it's kept in check by all the other bacteria, and when it's not kept in check, now you get a strep infection. But strep is always there to some degree. It's just a question, is it a commensal, meaning it's living in peace and being quiet, or is it a pathobiont, meaning it's rearing its ugly head and trying to take over? Yeah. When that happens, you've got a strep infection. Yeah. But, so if you've got leaky gums and bacteria gets through the gums into the bloodstream, if it's strep, as an example, your immune system says, whoa, strep's here. I better fight that. And your immune system makes antibodies to strep, to fight the strep. That's a really good thing. The problem is there's something called molecular mimicry in the world of autoimmune diseases. And molecular mimicry means the antibody is designed to fight something that's not good for you, like strep. Those antibodies can attack your own tissue. If your own tissue looks like the same protein structure as the thing the antibodies are fighting. And so it mimics, so it's called molecular mimicry. And we know with strep, if you've got antibodies to strep, you have a high risk of having antibodies to the valves of your heart. That's rheumatic fever, and that'll kill you. Mm -hmm. And that is the only reason why dentists give antibiotics is to prevent the production, because if strep gets in, but if the antibiotics in your bloodstream, it'll kill the strep right away, and your immune system doesn't have to respond over two to three days making antibodies to strep, because the antibiotics killed the strep that got into your bloodstream. Yep. Yep. So this whole thing about liposomes in the mouth is one that I'm really cautious about. Now, capsules, yeah. that's a whole different story. Yeah. That's a whole different yeah. Story. So okay, that, so we got, we, got, we got D, we got C. What next? The next one is zinc. Zinc is critically important right now because viruses don't reproduce. Viruses shed. You know, it's kind of like someone that's got a thyroid problem and they, they're losing their hair. They're shedding their hair. But viruses shed inside a, your cell. So a virus in the bloodstream is not really the threat. The threat is if the virus gets inside your cell. Because once it gets inside your cell, that's called intracellular. Once it gets inside your cell, now it sheds. And when it sheds, the RNA that it sheds sneaks right into the DNA in your cell, inside the cell. And so now the RNA of the virus takes over the DNA and you start producing more RNA. And then it sheds again into the next cell and sheds again and sheds again. That's how viruses um, grow in your body. The only thing that I know of in the natural world that works, every study has shown that it works, to stop the shedding of viruses inside your cell is zinc. There's nothing else that I've ever read that does it. Uh, there are drugs that they try to um, reproduce the effect of zinc inside the cell, but zinc prohibits the shedding, viral shedding. Zinc in the bloodstream won't do that. 
the zinc has to be inside the cell to stop the virus from losing hair, if you will, shedding inside the cell. So zinc in the bloodstream, it's good, but, but you got to get it inside the cell. And sometimes there's a problem with that. And there are substances called escorts. The geek term for the escort is called an ionophore. I-O-N-O-P-H-O-R-E, ionophore. Never heard and, that word. <laughs> uh, if you Google it, if you Google it, it'll pop right up. Okay. Zinc, zinc ionophores help get zinc inside the cell. The reason that the federal government in early March fast-tracked the use of hydroxychloroquine uh, for treating this virus, that's a drug that's been used for 70 years to treat malaria. Yes. Chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine. Why? Because chloroquine is a zinc ionophore. Ah. It helps to get zinc inside the cell. And that is why, that is the primary mechanism in anti-malarial medications, mm -hmm. is to get zinc inside the cell to stop the virus from shedding. Okay. So now, when the British soldiers were in India in the late 1800s, they were, giving, they were given quinine to prevent them from getting malaria. Because mm -hmm. quinine is a zinc ionophore. But that stuff tastes really bitter, which by the way is a, a, a sub-conversation, but bitters are really good to take to help your immune system eat bitter things like watercress and things like that that are bitter. But mm -hmm. in any event, uh, uh, quinine tastes really, really bitter. So the soldiers added a little water and sugar and a little bit of fruit, fruity sugar water, to the quinine to make it taste a little bit better. That is where the song came from. Just a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. Ah, interesting. <laughs> and that's from, what was that? The Sound of Music, Julie Andrews? Uh, was it The Sound of Music or? No, it wasn't Sound of Music. It was. Um, uh, the family uh, uh, in Switzerland, you know, the family. Well, that was The Sound of Music that I, oh. Oh, anyway. Mary Poppins. Mrs. Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins. Right, it was Mary Poppins. You got the right actress, Julie Andrews. That's where the song came from. <laughs> it was from the British soldiers taking quinine in the late 1800s to prevent malaria in India. Now, the British soldiers got permission from, now, by, by the way, that quinine with water and sugar and a little bit of fruit, that was the creation of tonic water. It was a tonic. And the soldiers got permission to put a spoonful of gin in there. Thus was born the gin and tonic. <laughs> That's the history of where it came from. So um, quinine help is a zinc ionophore. Okay. So when I learned this, my wife and I started taking a little tonic water every day without the gin, but a little bit of tonic water every day because quinine is a zinc ionophore. Huh. Now, now there's no evidence anywhere that tonic water cures viral infections. There's absolutely right. no evidence for that. No claim like that. But it's not going to hurt. And we know it's a zinc ionophore. So two things you have to be careful of, though, if you include, because, you know, my philosophy is base hits win the ball game. It's all the little things you do that cumulatively make your immune system stronger. Right. So the two cautions with tonic water, one is the inexpensive tonic waters don't have quinine, they've got a bunch of chemicals to reproduce the taste. Don't that's use what I was, those. I, That's what I was thinking. Look at the list of ingredients and make sure quinine's in there. The, the one that we use is called fever tree. The second concern is that because it's so bitter, there's a tremendous amount of sugar in tonic water. 18 grams in a can of tonic water, of sugar. You don't want all that sugar. So you want a light, tonic water without any artificial sweeteners. The company Fever Tree has one called India Light that has, okay. I think, six grams of sugar in the bottle. And, okay. so, and so, and with no artificial sweeteners of any type. 
it's just not sweet. So my wife and I split a bottle of uh, Fever Tree India Light tonic water every day, and we dilute it with sparkling water. So it's kind of fizzy, it tastes good. Then we squeeze a little lime in there. Yeah. And it's a great little afternoon refresher. And maybe the quinine is going to help carry some more zinc inside the cell to be there to protect you in case you're exposed to this virus. So what about, what about zinc supple, supplementation? Is that a waste of time then? Or? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Okay. But you never know if it's getting inside the cell or not. Because some people say, well, I take zinc, but I still get colds and flus. Well, that yeah. means it's um, one thing is maybe it's not getting inside the cell. You need an ionophore. And the only natural ionophore that I know of, besides quinine, uh, is um, uh, uh, just a minute. It's on the tip of, tip of my brain. Um, ba -ba -bum. Quercetin. Yeah. Quercetin. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Quercetin is a zinc ionophore. Oh, just wonderful. Just, just Google quercetin and yeah. zinc ionophore. Here come the studies. And so eating foods that are high in quercetin is another base hit. Just make sure every day you're eating a few of the foods that are high in quercetin. Just Google list of foods high in quercetin. Here Onions, comes apples. Yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. The, the, the <laughs> highest one that um, I use maybe every three days or four days is capers. They're the highest ah, of all. Ah, I didn't know and, that, great. And I love capers, you know, so if you're doing a uh, uh, wild caught canned salmon, uh, like tuna fish sandwich, you're doing a salmon sandwich or something, you know, on gluten-free yeah. bread, I throw some capers in there. Oh, uh, great idea. Or, or in tuna fish and, uh, I don't advocate tuna fish unless it's called um, Vital ben, Choice. <laughs> ben, uh, vital Choice Ventresca. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the one that's extremely low in mercury. Yeah. They, they used to say no mercury, but they can't anymore because yeah. somebody yeah. found atomic levels of mercury in there. So they can't say no mercury, but yeah. you can't measure the mercury in there. Yeah. Right. I, inter I interviewed, his name escapes me right now. Randy, Randy Hartnell. I, I interviewed him probably seven or eight years ago on, on my show. Uh, really good stuff. Vital choice. Yeah, he's a good man. Really good man. And good, we, good guy. We, we encourage all of our people um, to buy their um, fish supplies from Vital Choice because you get the very best. You do. Really, no, 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 no question. Okay, so let's so move. That's the thing. That's the thing. Do you have a... Do you have a, a a recommendation dosage-wise, if you are? Yeah. Well, well, it depends. You know, you're safe. You're safe in doing 30 to 40 milligrams of zinc a day. That's very okay. safe. You know, if you take too much zinc for too long, one of the complications is zinc can bind up with copper and you develop a copper deficiency. Okay. So if you're taking a nutrient that's got multiple minerals in it and it's got 30 or 40 milligrams of zinc, it's also going to have some copper. So okay. you're safe there. Or if you're taking zinc lozenges, most of them are full of so much crap, you don't really want to do those except as a last resort. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you get a fairly healthy zinc lozenge to take um, uh, for a few weeks, that's not a problem, but you can't live on those things because you run the risk of developing a copper deficiency. Okay. So, so you I, just wonder, I wonder if they're in trace minerals, if zinc is in trace minerals. It usually is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I do trace minerals because I do reverse osmosis water. So I, I yeah. like to add some minerals. I'll have to look at that because I'm, I'm supplementing as well as doing trace minerals. So well, that's a really important concept for your viewers to understand is that um, uh, what, uh, what Carol is doing is she has a reverse osmosis water filtration system because the water's so polluted coming out of your tap. Yes. It's got, it's got hormones and lots of different chemicals that have long-term complications in your body as this stuff accumulates over the years. Glyphosate. So every, <laughs> right. And so everyone should have a water filtration system. But when you filter the water for toxic chemicals and heavy metals, it also filters out the minerals. And that's the price you pay 
is that you get good clean water, but not very many minerals in it. So you have to take some minerals on the side. Yeah. That's a small. That's a small price to pay to have healthy water. Yeah. But that's so that everybody knows uh, if you can afford it, you want a good water filtration system. Right. I have a countertop one uh, because I'm I'm renting where I live right now. Yeah. So I have the AquaPure. And I know that that is, you know, been extremely tested, and um, I love that one. So it was $300, you're there, you know. Yeah, it's, it's one of the good ones. It's yeah. one of the good ones. If you can afford it, you want a full home water filtration yeah. system so that you're filtering out the water in your shower because that's where you get the most exposure, exposure to chlorine, which competes with thyroid function, and many, many sluggish thyroid patients have a chlorine sensitivity, and you get the most chlorine in the shower because the steam that you inhale, it goes right through your lungs. Yeah, so I have a filter on my shower too, so those. Smart, smart to do, smart yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah. And, and if you can't afford a full home water filtration system, the next level is under the counter in the kitchen water filtration system because they're more comprehensive, and then you have a different spigot that comes out uh, for, from the sink or it taps into your spigot and all the water goes through there and um, That's the and then the third level is the countertop So if you don't own the home and you don't want to make improvements in the home the countertop units work well Yeah, and you can take it with you <laughs> It's right. that big so you know uh, Anyway, well, that's great that we talked about this because this is something that you need to do to have a healthy immune system You need to right. drink pure water Right, so I said uh, there were four or five nutrients. So we've got uh, vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc. Uh, the next one's vitamin A. Really important for your immune system, critically important. And many, many people are low in vitamin A levels. Um, so taking some extra vitamin A is always a good idea. Um, and if you've got a, if you're taking a multivitamin, of any type, if it's of any quality, it's gonna have some good vitamin A in it. So you're probably safe from that respect. But if you're not taking vitamins, most people are low in vitamin A. And the result is that it compromises your immune system function. It's like the Air Force is waylaid. You know, the Air Force can't get off the ground because you don't have enough vitamin A. Remember I said there are different branches of the armed forces? Mm -hmm. uh, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard. Uh, so vitamin A is important. And uh, one of the things to do is to Google list of foods high in vitamin A and just look at the foods. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that. And see which ones you like and that you eat regularly. And for most of us, there's not that many but see which ones that, oh, they're okay, and you just don't eat them, start eating them. Yeah. And because they're good for you, like uh, uh, yellow squash, pumpkin. Car carrots. Carrots, right. Uh, some people go overboard with carrots, and they make carrot juice, and they drink carrot juice every day. Uh, and but what happens over a number of months, your skin starts turning orange. Yeah. Because you've got too much of one of the ingredients in vitamin A from the carrot juice. So don't go overboard, you know, with this. If right. you're in if you're into juicing, which is a good thing to do, have a little bit of carrot in your juice to sweeten it up a bit. Uh, so you include celery and maybe some kale and cucumber, you know, whatever you want to use. But so many people discover that carrot juice is sweet. Then they drink glasses of carrot juice and you throw your blood sugar way out of balance. So right. stop drinking carrot juice. <laughs> Put some carrots in your vegetable juice, but stop drinking carrot juice. You know, this uh, begs the question, several people have asked me this and there's kind of mixed, mixed thoughts about this, about cruciferous vegetables, which I think are fantastic for you. I try to eat them every day, but I cook them. I don't do them raw. And you don't have to cook them much, but you know, steam them a little or saute them real quickly. But I, uh, I do juicing, but I don't put cruciferous vegetables in my juice. What do yeah. you think? Um, there's some validity 
to the concept that goitrogenic foods uh, inhibit thyroid function. And the raw vegetables of the cruciferous family have been associated with having a detrimental direction on, on thyroid function. Mm -hmm. So, and right, just light steaming is all you need. Um, a little bit of raw broccoli once in a while, who cares? It's yeah, not going to be yeah. a problem. There, you know, yeah, gonna, but on a regular basis to have raw, raw, raw broccoli, raw, right. raw, raw, all the cruciferous ones. Right, right. Um, I, I, would, I would hesitate on eating those raw regularly. Yeah. Now, if you're having a party on Friday night and you're making some dip and instead of just giving away chips that fattens them up, you slice up some vegetables like carrots and celery and broccoli and they can dip it in the dip, that's fine. You know, who cares? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine for you. It's the excessive amount um, yeah. over time that can be a problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you're kind of of the same uh, school of thought as I am. Just, you know, I, it's not like I'll never do it, but just infrequently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Um, th that's, that's the four supplements that you want to make sure best is to get most of those supplements from your foods. And so, you know, it's a learning process. You know, one week you're going to learn, um, okay, what are the foods that are high in vitamin D? And then you'll order some of those foods and you know, start eating them on occasion. What are some of the foods high in vitamin C? And then you'll make sure to purchase some of those foods and eat them on occasion. What are some of the foods high in vitamin A? And it's always best. And a, a, the first recommendation we've been giving during this time of concern is, the very first recommendation is eat a rainbow diet. That's, that's primary, most important. What do I mean? Half the plate of every plate you eat is vegetables, at least half the plate, and it's the colors of the rainbow. It's not just a bowl of carrots. It's some carrots and some cucumbers and some tomatoes. And you want blue berries, purple cabbage, red beets, tomatoes. That you want, the, the deeper the color, the more the polyphenols in them. Why is that important? Because some of the polyphenols, the way this virus gets inside your cell, it goes through a specific receptor on the surface of the cell. Now, a receptor is like a catcher's mitt. The pitcher throws the ball to the catcher. And when something comes into the receptor, like thyroid hormone comes into a thyroid receptor, and it turns the door handle, opens the door, and the thyroid hormone goes inside the cell. Estrogen will not go into a thyroid receptor. It goes into an estrogen receptor. Mm -hmm. Turns the door handle, opens the door, the estrogen goes inside the cell. So there are lots of receptors sitting on the outside of our cells, lots of catcher's mitts for different substances. There's a particular catcher's mitt called ACE2 sitting on the outside of the cell, and the virus can only get inside the cell through the ACE2 receptor. As far as we know, there's never been another receptor identified. So some of the drugs that have been recommended inhibit the virus from docking into the ACE2 receptor and then getting inside the cell. The polyphenols in many of the fruits and vegetables of the rainbow diet inhibit the virus from docking into the ACE2 receptor. So the virus can't get in. So it can't shed. So it can't reproduce and take over. Yeah. So that's another reason why you want half the plate of everything you eat is fruits and vegetables, mostly vegetables, some fruits, uh, um, every meal, every day. So that's and, the first and, or, and organic. Always organic, always. Always, and, always. Uh, uh, there are many reasons for that, many, many reasons. The science is really clear now of the detrimental effects of inorganic produce. And it's unfortunate, but you know, the big, the, the mighty dollar controls almost all of the commercial food industry. Yeah. And when they spray a field of broccoli with antibiotics, it kills any bugs. 
that are trying to, to damage the, the broccoli crop. And then when they harvest the broccoli and you get the broccoli, it's got residue of antibiotics on it. I mean, there are just so many reasons, the insecticides and pesticides, they don't wash the vegetables or the fruit before they put them in the supermarket and then you buy them and you take them home and eat them. And realistically, how many of you are washing your fruit and vegetables when you get them home? So we're being exposed to these minute amounts. Now, there's no evidence that the amount of antibiotic in produce that's congested by humans is toxic. That's true. There is no evidence that the minuscule amount of this stuff is toxic to humans. It's toxic to the bacteria in your gut, but the bacteria is not human. It's bacteria. Right. And that's how they Good get point. away with this. Good that's point. how they get away with all this yeah. crap. And as we know, some of the uh, chemicals don't wash off. Uh, again, I'm pointing to glyphosate. It's systemic. It gets right. every cell. And, you know, you can put it underwater and wash it off, but it's inside the cell. So, right. you know, it's not allowed in organics. So only right. do organics. And, it's, you know, it's important that we all put in our five minutes. When, when you go shopping, can you give five minutes of your day to support the future of healthy food? And how do you do yeah. that? When you go to the supermarket, you ask for the produce manager. And when the produce manager comes out, what, what? There's hardly anybody ever asked for the produce manager, but this is a position of authority in the supermarket. And you say, how come you don't have organic broccoli? Or I want organic bananas. Oh, yeah, we don't have any organic bananas. Well, I want them. You get them, I'll buy them. In the meantime, I have to go somewhere else to buy my organic bananas because I'm not buying yours. And he may think you're a nutcase. But when he gets 25 people a week asking for the produce manager, continually asking for organic, do you think they're going to change? Yes. You bet. If you build it, he will come, right? Yeah. And you know, that's by five minutes. Get yep. five minutes of your day shopping to this. And I, go, I go to a really good store up here and I was making salsa and I had all my organic stuff from the farmer's market, but peppers, uh, jalapeno peppers aren't in season yet. So I can't get those till July. And I wanted to add one to my salsa and I did the same thing. I said, can I speak with the produce manager? Marvelous. Why don't you have organic peppers here as well as I said, well, now I have to go somewhere else. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. He heard, me. he heard me. Yeah, that's exactly what we want. It won't take many people doing that, you know, because, you know, the produce manager, he's a nice guy. You know, he's got yeah. a position of authority at his level of, of work and influence in the world and takes pride in what he's doing. And, you know, you might say, you know, nice displays on your produce. He says, oh, thanks so much. Gets a big smile on his face. And then you say, how come you don't have any organic peppers? Oh, oh, and a smile goes away, right? But yeah. you imprint when yeah. you do that. And that's the only way we'll make a change. Yeah, yeah, people need to speak up. Okay, great. So we've talked a bit about vitamins. Obviously, we need to eat organic, uh, drink clean water, high quality supplements, uh, air filter. I think everybody needs an air filter at the very least in their bedroom. And especially now. Um, well, you know, the uh, 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 New England Journal of Medicine published a paper um, three weeks ago, about three weeks ago. And they, they talked about um, in... Northern Italy, where this virus really took hold in Northern Italy, in the Lombardy region of Northern Italy, the air in Lombardy is the most toxic air in all of Europe. And they've known that for years. The air pollution there is terrible. So all of these people's lungs are loaded full of crud it's called particulate matter that you know there's now there's no evidence that the amount of particulate matter in the air in lombardy italy is toxic to humans well that's true true 
If you breathe in air for five minutes or for an hour, that is as full of particulate matter as the air in Lombardy, Italy, you do not get sick. But if you breathe that air for 20 years or 30 years, it's like you've been pack smoking two packs a day and your lungs are just all full of crud, completely full of crud. So the result is um, uh, toxic air has been a um, uh, contributor to the vulnerability of the elder people who are falling prey to these problems um, when exposed to the virus. Right. It's because the, their lungs are already all beat up and full of crud, you know, that they, they just can't function very well. Yep, yep. So and, you know, there's, uh, there's really good uh, 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 evidence that comes from NASA about the effects of air pollution on your lungs and on your brain. And how do you reduce air pollution? So these studies came out from NASA. And what they showed was that plants, house plants, will clean the air inside your home. Yeah, now you, I've heard that. You think that your home is no problem. You know, oh, my air is clean at home, really? Have you ever seen the sun come in through the window at the right angle and you see like a little bit of dust in the air and stuff? Yeah, well that's the crud that you're breathing all the time. Yeah. All, all the time. It doesn't go away. And yeah. what is all that crud? Uh, uh, in the air, it's um, uh, benzene from the wood, uh, fake wood cabinets and the fake wood furniture, or the veneer furniture uh, that the, the press board has been soaked in benzene. And that stuff outgasses for years in the air. You can't smell it, but it's yeah. there. Yeah. It's the formaldehyde in yeah. the carpeting. It's the um, uh, flame retardant chemicals in the furniture that you've got. All of those different um, uh, compounds in the house, all of the different chemicals in your in air environment that you would never think are there, you know, and you would never ever think you, you know, that there's a problem with them, but there is, there's a huge problem. And NASA did a study that showed um, uh, if you have two six-inch plants in a room, just two six-inch plants, the result is that uh, NASA published this one and showed that you, you eliminate over 50% of the benzene in the air, over 70% of the perchloroethylene in the air. It's really quite impressive, uh, the different levels of air filtration that just simple houseplants can do for you. It's right. really and, and, and anybody can do that, you know. Yeah, it's really simple. It's plants like English ivy, bamboo palm, Chinese evergreen, Gerber, Gerbera daisy, uh, mar marginata, uh, mother-in-law's tongue. Uh, peace lilies, thickets. I mean, these are simple plants. You know, to me, they're kind of Greek, but, uh, you know, in a florist shop, they're easy to get. And yeah. th these things just soak up lots of toxins in the air. So it cleans the air. And uh, you want to have them in every room, especially your bedroom, because that's where you spend seven, eight hours a day, every single day. Yep. I, total I totally agree. Well, that's great. That's great information for people. So uh, clean up your air as best you can. Uh, another really important thing that, um, it, you know, people go, well, this is controversial. And I go, no, it's not. EMFs, you know, reduce your exposure. Uh, I just finished hardwiring everything. And I have a meter. Uh, 
There are many out there, but this is just one of them, the cornet. And uh, I can test things. And it was very interesting because, okay, so I hardwired my computer. I got my phone on Wi-Fi. I got a voice over IP phone. Uh, You know, I'm I'm doing all the right things. And then I turn on this meter and it keeps spiking to red, which means there's high amount of radio frequencies. And I'm going, what is it? And I couldn't go to sleep one night. I couldn't figure it out. And then, because I had, I have a television, but even though I hardwired my television to the Roku, the television itself has an internal Wi-Fi thing. Right, the remote. It, well, no, it wasn't in, it was the actual, in the TV, the screen. It was really weird. And um, so I, I unplugged everything immediately went to green so that's that's true with portable speakers now cordless phones are really high yeah you know in the 1970s there was a photo on the front page of the new york times um back in the 70s it was called the seven dwarfs and it was the seven the heads of the seven largest tobacco companies in the u.s standing before Congress like this, taking the oath to tell the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And they lied through their teeth because they said, oh, this thing about tobacco being bad for you, it's controversial and there's no evidence. There's no evidence. And later it came out that they had buried all the studies that showed how dangerous it was. Right, right. In In the 1980s, it was controversial use transformed fatty acids. Margarine came on the market and we were told it's so healthy for you. Oh, it's controversial to say it's not healthy for you. Nonsense. Just read the science. It's not healthy for you. Yeah. You know, and and every generation as industry comes up with a new convenience that has some downsides, they poo-poo it. They try to dismiss it. They say it's controversial or it's conspiracy theory is yeah, what they're doing right now. Yeah, that's the latest, you know, uh, ridicule right. word. Right, right. Trying to minimize the validity of what they're trying to slip past us right now, and we won't get into the politics of all that. Yeah. But this thing about EMFs, there is no controversy. There are hundreds and hundreds of studies. Literally, I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds yeah. of studies. So the only controversy is in your brain that right. you, don't, you don't want to think about it. That's the yeah. controversy. Right. Uh, and when you spend a little bit of time and just rationally take a look with an open mind, you know, my first mentor used to say, look with eyes that see, listen with ears that hear. And I would think, yeah, what the heck does that mean? Okay, Dr. Goodhart, whatever, yeah. But now I understand, people don't listen. They've got preconceived notions in their head that they filter everything through. And they don't want to hear that the convenience of 5G And is. that, you've just said that. You've just, you've, you've just captured what people, people don't want to give up their convenience. Exactly. And I, you know, I say to people when they acknowledge that, all right, we'll put that on your tombstone. You know, because everything we do is going to be thwarted. You ever back out of a driveway? And you say, you know, what's wrong with this car? It's not going very well. It's moving backwards, but it's really sluggish. And for, for the amount of pressure you're putting on the gas pedal, it's not, oh, oh, the emergency brake. And you let go of the emergency brake and it backs up. 5G is an emergency brake on your health. And now this new generation is so potent, it is a inflammatory trigger taking your health down. There's absolutely no question about it. No yeah. question. Yeah. So and it's, it's difficult, you know, if you live, especially in the U.S., to, you know, mitigate everything. But, you know, I just tell people, do it in your home first. Yeah. You know, that's where you spend, you know, especially if you work at home, where we all kind of are at home right now. So, um, and it's not rocket science. It's, you know, I did it. 
Yeah. I had to hire somebody to go up through the attic and do a little, you know, deal up there, but but I know how to do it now. It's not it's it's not that difficult. So just look into it and and I think you're I'm sleeping better. Yeah. So, Absolutely. So and that's another thing to do for your health. So um exercise, that's a given. Do exercise, you know, I tell people if you can do 20 minutes uh, five days a week, that's not difficult, you know, but just do what you love. Um, I got a stationary bike here because I love spin class. I love, you know, doing those, you know, high intensity workouts. And I made a very fortuitous choice to buy one before lockdown. And now I have one and I can just hop on it and I can, I can tune into, uh, Dr. O'Brien, when he's on Facebook or wherever, and and watch it on my hardwired computer and ride my bike. You know, that's a really good example that for people that don't have time to exercise, do you have time to sit in front of the television? And if you do, get yourself a treadmill or a stationary bike and watch television while you're working your body. Get yep. two things done at once. Oh, I'm tired. I just want to zone out and be a be a, a mashed potatoes on the sofa. All right, well, you can do that after your 20 minutes on the bike. Yeah, yeah, 20 minutes is not difficult. Not difficult at all. Just flies by, especially if you're listening to something you really like. Or put, put on your favorite music, you know. But just do it, just, you know, do it. You bet. You Anything bet. else, talking about it doesn't work. So I want to just spend a few minutes, although I could spend a lot of time on this, uh, about talking about the uh, emotional and mental immune system. Uh, we live in an environment right now where a lot of people are stressed and they're, they're fearful. And uh, fear will lower your immune system. No question about that. So do whatever it takes for you to uh, release fear and to be in a relaxed, maybe just being in a relaxed state more often, like going outside and sitting in your backyard or being in nature. Do some balanced breathing, you know, where you lower your brain waves from the high beta state, which is uh, fight or flight type. And um, take, take, a, take a hot bath, uh, meditate. Uh, do things you love doing because I truly believe when you're passionate about doing something you love, that fear is not going to stay with you. You know, you're going to be so that, that energy of passion is so powerful, you know, so, so that kind of ties into do things you love to do, not things just because you're going to make money. I mean, obviously we have to live, but, if you're doing a job you don't love and you have this doom and gloom dread about working this job, take this time to figure out what you want to do that you love. You want to add anything there in that area? That's really good suggestions, Carolyn, right on the money and extremely difficult to implement. Almost impossible for people to implement. They're in the midst of a crazy high stress life and we're telling them, do things you love to do, but they've got to try and earn some money or they've got to get their kids through school, high school, or you know, whatever their stress environment is, they're in a high stress environment. Base hits win the ball game. You may have a vision of what you really would like to do in your life and you'd like to head in that direction. And so create a vision board, you know. Good idea, great little, idea. Get a pin board, you know, that you, you, you put on a wall, like a cork board, and just poke pictures on there of things that you've done that were happy times or, or where you'd like to visit, you know, like the bucket list kind of thing. Make a bucket list, but help your mind envision the life that you want, as opposed to trying to demand that you do that life right now. Yeah. And it, if you help yourself envision the life that you dream of, and every day, if you put uh, 10 minutes 
into a little bit of quiet time, 20 minutes into a little meditation or a little yoga. And for some people that sounds woo woo, but in, in your case then do prayer or do silent walking. Just go for a quiet walk, not a power walk, a quiet walk uh, around the neighborhood. Listen to the birds at five in the morning, you know, when the sun's coming up. Yeah. Um, whatever it is that you find brings you a little bit of peace, but do it regularly. That's the key. If you do it regularly, you find that sometimes on your morning walk, you're envisioning, you know what, I'd really like to do dot, dot, dot. Oh, if I did this, it might help me get in that direction. You know, you'll have those kinds of more relaxed state envisioning of your future yeah uh, i wasn't really suggested that people go out and find a new job while they're at home right now of course not of but, course but not. i was i i was i was suggesting that maybe you know maybe i didn't articulate this well but to you perhaps use this time to to think about you know the, your life and things that you might want to accomplish in the future and just the process of getting that ball rolling of, hmm, well, maybe this or maybe this, you know, can assist you. And when I say do things you love, it could be a hobby. It could be like, um, I'm home. I'm an artist. I paint. I'm painting more because I'm at home more. That's marvelous. It brings me joy. So, um, you know, there are, there are just many things and there's, it's not a one size fits all, but everybody, everybody has something that brings them joy. Right, right. And, and if you honor that realization that everybody has something that can bring them more joy and just set yourself up so you're not in a high, high demand brain function all the time, you know, set yeah. yourself up for a 20 minute period well, I didn't have any great thoughts today. Well, that doesn't matter. Just set yourself up. So maybe one or two days a week, you'll have some ahas that will happen in the midst of your 20-minute walk. Yeah, great. absolutely. Great. Absolutely. And, and I know there's people have a lot of responsibility. Um, well, school's out now. But, you know, for March uh, through May, uh, yeah. I don't know how these moms and dads did it with having their kids at home and working at home and hats off to them for doing all that. Absolutely. And so it's, it's been a stressful time, but I also think sometimes during stressful times, it, it's a great time to reevaluate things about, well, you know, maybe I don't need this much stress in my life. Maybe, maybe I could do something a little differently here. Which, which leads me to talk about, just real briefly, uh, patterns, because we all, have, we all have patterns and routines we get into. And in order to switch a pattern, you need to do something different. Otherwise, you're still in the same pattern. So one thing that I like to do is go, okay, what can I do today that's new and different? That just might switch up a pattern I'm noticing I have in myself. And it doesn't have to be any big deal. It could be moving the furniture around in your house, changing things up. It could be, I always go to the store this way. I'm going to go a different route and look how beautiful it is down this one street. So it doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm going to jump out of an airplane next week, you know, it, although it could be. Um, so to switch your patterns, you just try to do something new and different. That's a really good suggestion, and that's um, one of the, that that is the gift that I thought I'd give everyone here as we wrap up is that um, uh, at if you go to the dr.com, the doctor.com forward slash kickstart, uh, that I put together a whole checklist of things of how do you kickstart into a new lifestyle? What are some of the basic things that you can do? Just like you're saying there, uh, Carol. That's that's a really great suggestion. Yeah, well, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. And it's just been, it's always so great to talk with you. And before I go, I want to let everybody know that, first of all, I think this is my favorite. I don't know, it's a toss up. Uh, I don't know if you can see it the, with this pixelated. 
anyway, it's the autoimmune fix. And uh, this is a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. And then the other one is um, You Can Fix Your Brain, which is a fabulous book that uh, Dr. O'Brien wrote too. So you can find them anywhere, right? Yes, yes, you can. Uh, they're also at the dr.com forward slash books. Yeah. So, uh, okay. uh, and if you go um, there, um, it'll route you to Barnes and Noble or to uh, Amazon, or there's five different options, but then you also can download some handouts that relate to topics in the books. Yeah, so that's all and just, I, I think they're must-haves, um, especially in the environment we live in these days. So thank you, Dr. O'Brien, for being our guest, and um, I look forward to speaking with you again sometime in the future. You always thank you, Carol, and thanks for all you do, the message you're carrying out to everyone is critically important. So thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Take care everyone and thanks for listening.